0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It's a Thursday on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. And of course, you know, that means it's time for Riled Up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle. And your boy here, Roy White, at rw 3 on Twitter. You can follow him at TomRyleBTB, also on Twitter. And check out that fantastic cup on the YouTube page, the Riled Up mug that we got representing the show. And we got a lot into, to get into today because it is draft season. We are uh, one week away. As of today, from the NFL's draft, the first round kicking off there in Cleveland, we are very excited about what the Cowboys are going to do with the number 10 pick. And we're looking at all the angles here at Blogging the Boys. In fact, we even had a mock mock draft done live by our guys mocking the draft. Of course, course, Dalton Miller and the rest of the gang over there on Blogging the Boys. You can check that out on the YouTube page to see how that shook out. And we'll get into it a little bit because – you know, the player that wound up with the Cowboys during their mock draft is the player that many, many people are mocking to the Cowboys at 10, and that's where I kind of want to start, Tom. Patrick Sertan, uh, one of the two or three cornerbacks, depending on who you talk to, that the Cowboys would be comfortable with there at 10. Defensive side of the ball, right, addressing a need. So all those things play out well. So why are you or me, why are we nervous about the mock drafts we're seeing at this time.
0: I'm just scared to death of the assumption that this is how it's going to go because I'm just, I'm waiting for the monkey wrench. I'm waiting for the lug nuts to fall off and send us careening into the ditch. You know, it just, it's too pat right now. And maybe it could happen, but, The history of the NFL draft is that there's somebody that's going to just go completely into left field and pick someone you're not expecting, and that's going to start jumbling things up. Um, One of them is possibly one of the first nine teams is going to say, well, we need a studly cornerback. And they're going to take Sertan. or maybe they take Horn, who is really the Cowboys' uh, fave, or maybe, as you mentioned, uh, that you've heard that they may actually have Farley right there with them because they may be happy with his medicals. And you know the cow, whoever the Cowboys want, could still get taken away from them. Or there's you know the other thing that they get like a a Sewell or a Pitts that's still there. And now you've got to make the call. Are they enough better than the cornerbacks that you want to take them? And that's a complex answer. They better have one ready. They better know what's going to happen just in case uh, because they can't be messing around deciding whether to to pick uh, or trade back or, or whatever. So, yeah, it. I just – everything is just going – it's like I keep seeing these things where three, four, and even five quarterbacks get taken before Dallas ever goes on the clock. And I'm like, really? That just – that seems like almost too many, but there are so many quarterback desperate teams right now. I can't remember – when the need for quarterback seemed to be so high. Uh, There's there, I don't know if there's like been a slump where for too many years, there just hasn't been the talent coming out uh, where teams have thought they had the answer, like say, just to take a totally random example, Carson Wentz turned out to have too much baggage and, just didn't work out and he couldn't stay healthy and seems to have really irritated everybody in the organization. Uh, you know, I guess he couldn't play rock paper scissors well enough to suit the new regime. Uh, Solid reference, but, um, the, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm getting nervous. It's all so Pat, you know, you, it's like there's, what seven names, seven or eight names that are on almost every mock draft in the first 10. And when it's that, there's almost a complacency seems to be building about it. Yes. And I'm, I'm just waiting to see what happens when the names actually start getting called out. Yeah. I'm uh, how long before it goes, goes sideways. Uh, Now, it may play out through the first half of the draft just because the talent stacks up fairly clearly. Um, But, you know, and and we don't have the Raiders picking ahead of the Cowboys because they're always good for something weird. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm I'm leery, leery, leery.
1: And I'm right there
0: with you, right? I feel incredibly uncomfortable – when I
1: see 90 to 95% of the mock drafts for a team that's selecting in basically the middle of the first round to be winding up with the same guy over and over and over. It's very difficult to believe, and I I would be excited, right? I would have no qualms if Patrick Sertan was the guy that they were able to select at number 10. In fact, if he's there, I'm probably racing up to the podium to make sure he's selected except for the fact that what is going to make that decision tougher as we get closer and closer to it, what seems like is going to make that decision tougher is there's going to be many, many guys that the Cowboys probably feel could help them in a certain capacity. And then there will also be the potential, right, the, the, the pull, if you will, to say, hey, there's so many guys here at this spot Maybe if we trade back a couple spots, we can still wind up with one of them. And that is where I want to take you to the next conversation and the next idea of this potential podcast here, Tom. And that is the idea of the Cowboys trading with their mortal enemy. (laughs) We've all heard that Bill Belichick and the Patriots might want to move up from 15 to 10, but we also agree – that the Cowboys might be hesitant to move back to 15 because dropping that many spots could drop them out of the potential player that they wanted. And you suggested in the pre-show of this podcast, that maybe the Cowboys should consider the unthinkable making a deal that might make one of their division rivals better because it ultimately Mm. makes them better as well. Explain to me why okay. on God's green earth, the Cowboys would ever consider making a deal to help out the hated Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Now I have a love for connecting dots that a lot of people don't always see. And this all started when, uh, uh, the, uh, Eagles head coach, uh, Siriana, I can't remember his first name, but he, he said that he was not going to declare that Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback, that it was going to be an open competition. And you're going like, huh. And so I took a look at their depth chart and the competition for him right now is Joe Flacco. That's it. I'm like, yeah, if you think Joe Flacco is going to be – competition for your quarterback (laughs) you got a problem and so I'm thinking well people have been talking on and off that the Eagles might be in the quarterback market themselves that seemed to go away when they traded out of the the top 10 but now there's talk that they're suddenly nosing around about maybe getting back in the top 10 which may indicate that you know, the whole quarterback thing has floated up. So I you know, I got to wondering, suppose the draft played out and the Eagles weren't able to get one of the teams ahead of Dallas interested in trading. Because let's look, let's face it, there's some real stud players. Uh, you know, and let's say that uh Say, say they have decided Mac Jones, for instance, is their quarterback that they want. Uh, I realize he's probably not the right guy, but just, you know, we'll just throw him out there. I'll say he's there. And the other four of the big five have gone. And now Dallas is coming up on the clock. And the Eagles know that they're working the phones with, the Patriots and maybe with the Chicago bears who want to come up for a quarterback and the Eagles start to get a little panicky. Uh, they don't want to lose their guy. So they call the Cowboys offer them say they're number 12 and they're, compensatory third round pick, which according to the trap value charts works out a bit in Dallas's favor to have the Cowboys drop back too. And so because the Eagles have too much to lose in that situation, if they don't do it, whereas for the Cowboys dropping back behind the giants, who are probably going to take a wide receiver, or if one of the offensive tackles is there, they might take him. Um, uh, then you just drop back two places, have your same choices of the defensive players, and you just got a free third-round third pick. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't the Cowboys want to do that? Because they're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, admittedly, they might think of it the way of, let's keep the guy out of uh, Philadelphia. But I would be looking at it this way. I don't think there's – four or five legitimate NFL starting quarterbacks coming out of this draft. It would be a phenomenal draft for quarterbacks if that many starters came out. Cause I've looked back and usually you'll get a co- one or two, you know, there are years where it's a complete whiff and to say, you know, just saying that three of these guys are going to be the, the franchise quarterbacks for their teams, that would be remarkable.
1: I think it's more of a guarantee to say at least two of the five or three of the five even are going to be busts than it exactly. is to say that three of the five are going to be great. I mean, we can go back, right? Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. You want to go back even further, right? There's Top golf. ten picks. Jake Locker was an example of that. A guy that was over drafted. Because there were other quarterbacks at that time. I mean, Matt Leiner never became anything. There are – it's a higher probability, as hyped as we get about quarterbacks right up around draft season and how how they might become the next so-and-so, right? The next Patrick Mahomes is kind of somewhat of what you hear about Zach Wilson when it comes to off-balance throws and arm strength and all that stuff. But in reality – What they often become is the next Sam Darnold, the next Sam Bradford, right? Yeah. And not the next Patrick Mahomes.
0: So then the concern about the Cowboys helping one of their division rivals improve, all they're really doing is setting them up to do another Carson Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I just and this this is just the kind of weird speculative thoughts that I can get about everything. And that just when I was reading that stuff going on about, you know, how he was, you know, playing rock, paper, scissors, scissors and jeopardy and trash talking during the Zoom meetings with prospects, I just got to thinking, What if? So if it does happen, I'll claim my Notre Dame's credentials and if it doesn't what was a crazy idea to begin with
1: man well I gotta say I love the idea of that taking place because that becomes a talking point for the next decade as either a how the Cowboys fleece them or b (laughs) how the Cowboys gave them their quarterback of the future that could be a phenomenal talking point I agree with you it doesn't really change the Cowboys' circumstances one iota because whoever there's at, whoever's there at 10, if you trade with the Eagles and they want to get a quarterback, the same guy you want is probably going to be there at 12, right, yeah. based on what the Giants' needs are and all that being said. So that's a really interesting aspect. Could the Cowboys do a deal with their division rival devil? I think you convinced me that maybe I'd be for it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'd be for that. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of Cowboys news that we need to touch on. Of course, a Robinson has been suspended for two games in the 2021 season. No, it's not that Robinson. It's not Reggie Robinson, the second, right? The cornerback that we all got excited about last year when they took him in the fourth round and then basically never played him. It's the other Robinson who actually got on the field last season and who you might've mistaken for Reggie Robinson he is the one who has been suspended for two games. Of course, Rashard Robinson is his name. You know, I'll let you espouse any thoughts you might have on him or his suspension. Otherwise, I think, hey, you know, it's more of a laughable note than anything.
0: I don't know. I don't recall, but I f- for sure, I thought I saw that he. this has happened to him before, that uh, he might have a little history of that. So, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to take – take a cornerback, they might double dip with uh, a later pick. And I don't – and I think Reggie Robinson, you know, they're going to try to get him on the field this year. So, yeah, that I don't think that's a major concern of theirs. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, Richard would have made the 53-man roster anyway. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, real quickly to the idea of of the Eagles, you know, taking taking a quarterback. And you touched on it just a little bit with the open quarterback competition. If the Eagles don't take a quarterback in this draft, what do we expect from Jalen Hurts versus Joe Flacco? I mean, I'm of the opinion that It's Jalen Hurts' job to lose. They can say whatever they want about open competition, and I think that's just lip service to the idea that Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps the coach isn't controlled by Jeffrey Lurie, right? The coach isn't controlled by the owner. He's going to be free to make his own decisions, and therefore he's going to decide based on the play on the field as to who will be the starting quarterback, and that will kind of absolve Lurie of maybe being a little bit too meddlesome during Doug Peterson's reign. Do you think there's anything to that or do you think this open competition is a, is a real suggestion?
0: Well, I, I don't think that's the, what the way you want to go in. Uh, Especially when you're talking about a a second year player, you know, the last thing you should be doing is planting more doubts in his mind. Um, You know, he thought he'd earned the starting job by supplanting Carson Wentz at the end of last season
1: but he didn't really earn it so much as, I mean, was kind of given it because Carson Wentz sucked.
0: Well, yeah, but you know, uh, I th- I think what it really indicates is, I think there's going to be some growing pains for the head coach because I don't think he really grasps the way he ought to be going about his business. I just think that is something you don't say out loud. Mm. Uh, you just you go ahead and say this is our starter. And then, you know, if they take a quarterback, it becomes pretty obvious that maybe the, the jig is up. But if they don't take a quarterback, now they've – to me, I don't see what's gained by making some statement. That sounds to me like a, a, a coach that's talking like he's coaching high school or college instead of the pros. I just that, – that that's not a mindset that I'm – Taken with it all
1: real quickly on the Cowboys news front there is some other bookkeeping that the Cowboys need to be mindful of and it actually takes place right after the draft so for those mm-hmm. that don't know fifth year options need to be decided on players by May 3rd so the draft begins on the 29th it'll end officially on the 1st on Saturday and by Monday teams will have to have announced whether or not they've extended their fifth year options for the players eligible for them. Now, the Cowboys only have one player eligible for that. Their former first round draft pick one Leighton Van Der Esch. Now, they're already paying a linebacker the second highest annual salary in the NFL in Jalen Smith. So, Tom, if you had to put your money on it, Do you think the Cowboys will pick up Leighton Vander Esch's fifth year option by May 3rd, or do you think they will let him play out the 2021 season with his final year in Dallas and let him take his chances on the free agent market the following season?
0: I would have to say to to phrase this very carefully and politely. (laughs) I, I would not. Nope. I would not do it. Um, because I'm not too sure what he's got after the last, see, you know, he had a great rookie season, but he hasn't. It's like he peaked way too early. Uh, I would not pick it up. I would make him, you know, play the season out to see if the team is interested in it, and then if he gets a higher offer from somebody else, you know, I wouldn't be too panicked about it uh, unless he just absolutely balled out. And then, well, okay. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know that he can stay. He seems to be having a problem staying healthy. Uh, the performance of, of all, you know, the whole linebacking core was just a mess last last year. Um, and I think, I think I wouldn't go for it myself. That's just that's just me. I think it's it's like, well, nope we're going to have to see what you got this year before we talk about whether to do anything. Cause you can still d- open talks about an extension at any time with him before the, the year's up. So if you know get halfway through the season and he's just bawling out, shuffle a little cap space around and, you know, get him an extension. You just cut but,
1: Smith right there in the middle of the year.
0: Yeah. Be. Could be.
1: <laughs> no, I can't, but I'm in the same boat as you are, right? Like, I can't pay two linebackers $9 million apiece. I can't do that, right? So if we were to exercise the fifth-year option on LVE, $9 million is what he's looking at. And quite honestly, even if he does ball out, he would have to ball out in this season, in 2021, to earn a $9 million contract from anybody this upcoming off season, right? So I think I'm in the same camp as you are. Don't sign him up for the fifth year option. You may still be able to extend him at perhaps a cheaper rate. If he's comfortable playing in Dallas, you can have that conversation. Uh, by that time also, you may have been able to move on from Jalen Smith. Perhaps Layton separates himself as you know a, a premier talent above that of, of what Jalen offers. And then you cut Jalen in the offseason, you side LVE up for that type of money, and away we go. Um, but I'm in the same boat as you are. I don't think the Cowboys should feel any obligation to sign a fifth-year deal for Leighton Esch when, you know, health-wise, right, and talent-wise, really talent-wise, he's only lived up to the billing one year, right? And maybe a half of a year. Outside of that, from an injury standpoint, He's been more like a third or fourth rounder at best in terms of availability and production. Finally, um, I did want to touch on uh, a couple other things with the Cowboys in regards to whether or not the Cowboys excuses are off the table in 2021. Now this is a, this is, An interesting one, I think, especially because the way that the winds are blowing. We talked about it a week ago. Will the NFLPA's mandate to not have players show up to mandatory or, excuse me, voluntary mini camps, right? Voluntary practices. Will that have any effect on what the Cowboys do? And up to this point, we've gotten about half of the teams in the NFL stating that they will not be showing up for voluntary workouts. But the Cowboys are not one of them. And you actually wrote an article on Blogging the Boys specifically about this topic and why you think the Cowboys' excuses are off the table in 2021. Mm -hmm. And one coach in particular is probably going to bear the brunt of that by seeing himself on the hot seat from day one. Is it fair, right, is it even fair to say that Dan Quinn could be on the hot seat in year one of him taking over this defensive unit?
0: hey, the, given the money that they pay coordinators in the NFL nowadays, yeah, it goes with the territory. Um, because you have contractual obligations and things, you can't just clear out your your roster. So coaches know that when things go south, they're the scapegoats. That's just kind of the nature of the business. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean – Quinn should be able to get plenty of intel from the coaches that were around last year about what went wrong with the defense and where what role the whole lack of an off season and and the the reduced amount of work in training camp played in all that.
1: I mean, that's what and we heard. That's what we heard, That's right? What, the communication wasn't on
0: point. Yeah.
1: The you know, understanding of the scheme. They've too in complicated.
0: All that stuff. Now Quinn is gonna have not only have it looks like a f- a much closer to normal off season. Uh mainly they're gonna have be able to actually have face to face meetings with the players, not have to try to do everything over Zoom which you can do a little bit more teaching that way. And they're going to get the OTAs. Uh, it looks like not only is he going to have all that back, he's now got a leg up over all these teams like the giants whose uh, rosters have stood up and said, yes, we're going to uh, uh, boycott all the voluntary activities. Uh, the Cowboys, and uh, as I discovered, uh, somebody had a, had a, an article that actually listed them all, but it includes people like Dak and, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and, and other big name players. They write into their contracts that there is a chunk of their base salary that goes away if they don't show up for all the, for the off season work, you know, like for 80 or 85% of it. Um, and, when I say a chunk, uh, the figure was quoted was that these guys all stand to lose half a million dollars. Uh, And there's only a handful of teams in the NFL that that write that into their contracts. And this was a case where the Cowboys may have been a little prescient about seeing a need to have a financial incentive to make sure these people got in there. Um, And there seems to be a real hunger With the Cowboys, uh, to try to get on the field and make up for the embarrassment of last year, we've seen reports, uh, you know, that Dak, you know, who just happened to build a football field in his backyard, is having a lot of teammates over so they can practice running routes and, you know, just kind of work on timing and chemistry and things. There was a video out on Wednesday of uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, uh, doing drills, uh, you know, foot quickness drills, uh, at a, a, training facility, uh, away from the, away from the star, I guess, um, because it was, uh, it had the Instagram address for the place they were working at. So there's a lot of desire to, I think for these players to come out and say like, we are, we are not what 2020 looked like, you know, we're a better team. We can do more. So they've got all of that, um, and like I said, it should be a leg up. Uh, they've Aren't even they got... worse
1: on the defensive side of the ball right now on paper. Aren't they worse than they were a year ago? And I know that's hard to like. I know that's hard to believe. And we're before the draft, so I understand it. But I think I think even if we looked at best case scenario, right, adding one of the top cornerbacks maybe maybe adding a defensive tackle somewhere later in the draft, mm. and then maybe adding another quarterback or a linebacker for some death. But either way, on paper, they're going to be worse than they were in 2020. Agree? I
0: don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pleased with uh, what Brent Urban brings to the table. Uh, I think Keanu Neal. Is going to be a good, valuable addition, and and I'm I'm pretty sure he and Monte KZ were both Dan Quinn signings. Um, I think they help. I mean, the interior of the defensive line was so bad uh, that yeah. I think Urban might you know himself provide a little help, and uh, it's not a great draft for uh, one Tex. But I think the Cowboys ought to keep their eyes open for a chance to snatch somebody like uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Bobby Brown out of uh, A&M, uh, who's a, a really good run stuffer, um, who can also get a little pressure up the middle. He's not great as a pass defender, but he's, he does help with collapsing the pocket sometimes pick them up around round four, uh, somebody like that. You know, there's a few other names. And I think this – this uh, the defense personnel-wise can be better. And I the real problem last year, though, I, I believe was that there just was massive confusion. Uh, they didn't seem to know what they were doing. When you watch what happened – it was like, why is he going that way? Why is that player doing? It? What is going on? Um, and I think Quinn can fix that. You know, and remember the the nice thing, the you know, silver lining, if you want to try to see it that way, is that they were so far down. We don't need them to get to the top to help this team succeed. We just need them to get up more to mediocre. And yeah. we're, and, and the, the offense should be good because they should have, you know, their big problems were injuries. Uh, it wasn't the talent of the players you planned to play the season with. It was that so many of the players you planned to play the season with weren't there by about week four or five you know you've lost your starting quarterback both your starting offensive tackles were out you were just uh you know you were shortly going to have problems with uh, uh having to shuffle guards around and and then Zach Martin was going to go out so uh and you know you you had your rookie uh center and uh Biotis came in and looked like he was going to be able to handle it very well and he goes out with it so yeah that's a, it's two different situations, the injury issues on offense and just the, what looked to be an abysmal lack of preparation on defense. Not only do they have the advantage of having everybody showing up while other teams are boycotting, they're in the hall of fame game. So they get to start training camp early and they have one extra game to throw out all the rookies and, you know, four stringers and all that and do the evaluation they didn't have last year because <clears throat> preseason games are a pain in some ways. I know the players don't like them uh, because you run just as much risk of getting hurt <coughs> for no advantage. But you do get a chance to evaluate and know what you've got is the Cowboys were kind of going in blind with a lot of stuff because uh, Mike Nolan didn't know how the people were going to respond to all this until week one of the season. So, yeah, all those excuses should be gone. Uh, This is going to be, you know, make or break for Dan Quinn. And if it's a break... Yeah, I could see the Cowboys being in the market for a third defensive coordinator. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's, it is not an unreasonable thing if it does happen. If, it, if it's bad enough, then, yeah. I mean, what, what's Jerry Jones going to do? Fire the GM for not giving him good personnel? I mean,
1: never, never. <laughs> not going to happen. Make sure you check out that article on bloggingtheboys.com. Of course, you can check out all Tom's great work on there, but in specifics, right, why this is a make-or-break year for Dan Quinn, even in his first season. And I tend to agree with you, right? It's because that bar is so low, we basically put it on the ground to where all you need to do is step over it and you've met our expectations or even exceeded our expectations, right? Get out of 32, get the defense rank somewhere between 26 and 15, and we'll all be happy.
0: 100%. I, I, so, if, if the offense is cranking the way it should be able to crank, yes. I mean, well, I mean.
1: And maybe the, that leads us to another conversation down the road as to whether or not Kellen Moore's seat could warm up at any point in the 2021 season. We'll save that for another podcast, though, because it's draft season, as I mentioned, and we got you covered here on Blogging the Boys. All week long next week, we'll have brand new episodes for you, including a reaction show live during the draft. So make sure you check out the YouTube channel, Blogging the Boys. On YouTube, you can search it on YouTube there. You will find us live streaming during the Cowboys selections on Thursday night as well as Friday and Saturday with instant reactions available. Our boy RJ Choa, RJ Ochoa, rather, is going to be putting that all together. Tom's going to be a part of some of the reaction videos as well. I'll be jumping on there as well, and all of the team at Blogging the Boys will have you covered. So, podcasts. Starting on Monday, a fresh one every week, next week, all the way leading up to the draft. Tom and I will set you up pre-draft, as we do here on a Thursday. And with that, Tom, you got anything to leave the people with?
0: We're finally here. And the great thing is, we won't have to read mock after mock after mock.
1: Don't hate on it, Tom. We got a great mock draft up on Blogging the Boys right now that has the favorite Cowboys selection for most people winding up with the Cowboys at 10. I think we're in that same boat. We'd be pretty happy if you did wind up there, but go check that out on bloggingtheboys.com. For Tom, I'm Roy. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Check out all the great stuff on the Blogging the Boys podcast network powered by SB Nation. With that, we'll see you next Thursday. It's draft time, y'all. Later.